Welcome to the Esoteric Way Podcast with Josh and Mark, where we discuss the mysteries of the Bible and how they relate to modern life. I heard that this call is being recorded now. Oh, it's all. It's being recorded for all eternity. Eternity. It will never go away. Well, how you doing, man? Today's a good day, man. It's cloudy, um, but I know that the sun is more real than the clouds. I really do think the weather affects my mood, but um, still today it's got vibrancy because I see the projection that the weather is going to get better and better and the sun will come out. So that is how my mood is affected too. When I know that there's this new light, new hope dawning, then it uh, it gives me optimism in the moment. How about you, bro? It's a microcosm. Yeah. It, well, it's beautiful and sunny where I am. And last time I was in... San Diego, which is where, where you are, um, it was cloudy. The last two or three or even four times I was out there, it was cloudy. And I'm a former San Diegan, and I don't remember it being as overcast as the last few times. But um, nonetheless, you guys will get your sun inevitably because of the beauty of the place that uh, that San Diego is. Yeah, it is like that. I, I think it is a different year. I mean, they say you have May gray, then June gloom, and then it's July that it's bright. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't know. I, I seem to think that there's more light than not in San Diego. Maybe this can be a beacon of light in what's coming for the Jesus movement. Who knows, man? I'm going to drive up to Pirate's Cove in July and go to where the Jesus movement was birthed. Um, Greg Laurie is doing another baptism there. So who knows if yeah, California that's... can be part of the next movement. I pray. I hope and pray. I hope and pray. Well, it's awesome to be uh, chatting with you here. And we're kicking off our first podcast and we are going to uh, call our podcast The Esoteric Way, Conversations About the Bible's Deeper Meaning. And the reason we're doing this, right, is because you and I have been friends for a few years. Um, we met when I was still living in San Diego. We met through my father-in-law, actually. And we became friends because we share so many views about spirituality, about God. And each time we have a conversation, we're able to explore different topics and get deeper into those topics and have fun with our um, exploration of different things, spirituality and different things, God and different things, Jesus and life and how these things all intersect. And because of this similar view, because of this parallel view that we, that we have, um, we both have had the goal of, of sharing what we've learned with the world and what better way to do that than simply start recording our conversations and, and come up with ideas about topics that we want to share with the world and explore deeper and sort of have an organic flow to what our con where our conversations lead, which is sort of how things have, have been going for, gosh, I think on and off for a couple of years, at least a year, you and I have been, have, have been doing phone calls, trying to get on the phone um, every, every couple of weeks or so. So I think this is going to help our own journeys and hopefully it helps some other people as well on their spiritual journeys, because I think that anyone who listens um, will find that, that we have a, a unique view on spirituality in that we are both Christian. We are both very um, strong in our foundational belief of the Bible, but we also bring in a lot of other spiritual traditions, or at least we explore those traditions and what they may have to offer us. Um, as humanity and what they may say to us um, about how how to act and live in this world, but ultimately everything foundationally has to be has to be biblical because we are both uh, Christian 
And I think we talked about wanting to kind of kick off today by talking a little bit about ourselves, our our testimony, how we came to God and how we came to Jesus, and just a little bit about ourselves so that anyone listening just knows who uh, who they're listening to and who they're who they're interacting with. And um, and Josh, do you wanna do you wanna start off and tell us tell us about yourself and your journey? Look at this graciousness, man! Putting others before yourself, uh, embodying the Christian <laughs> principles right there. Yeah, when people are watching, I have to do that, right? <laughs> I'm only kidding. Yeah, you're such a schmuck when no one's watching. And <laughs> now, Mark, you're the man. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, so, you know, our conversations feel like they're more than just us already. It feels like we're engaging traditions that go beyond us, um, times and people and thinkers that go beyond us. And I really do think that there's something dawning in our collective at the moment with the power of the internet. It feels like we're we're having a bigger conversation than just uh, the two of us. And by the listeners being able to join in that conversation through whatever modality, you know, being able to comment on it, to be able to jump in and, and give us your thoughts. I do feel like the stage is set for something larger to emerge. I think Jesus is doing something fresh in our day. It's like he doesn't work the same way twice all the time. Behold, I'm doing a new yeah. thing. And I think that through the power of decentralization and the internet recording software, um, we're able to extend the conversation beyond the walls of the church, which God was supposed to be taken beyond the walls of the church from the beginning. But yeah, thanks, man. So let me, I guess, unpack who on earth I am and why I sound so peculiar. Because who on earth am I? I know where on earth I am. I don't know who I am, but I am discovering who I am. I think that that's um, the purpose of why we're here. That's it. And all of us, like we actually all share this human design. Like, yeah, we're unique fingerprints, but we have this commonality of being made in the image. Absolutely. And that's it. That's just it. And discovering how God made us and how God intended us and, and discovering more about God as, as sort of the foundational principle here. That's it, because when you discover more about God, you discover more about yourself. And when you discover more about Absolutely. yourself, you discover more about God, it like you alluded to earlier. The inner microcosm is a reflection of the macrocosm. So, yeah, because um, it was different for me. I, I was I was raised in Cape Town, South Africa. That's why I sound peculiar, hence the strange syllable streaming from my lips. And I didn't feel like I could be content just living in one place unless I knew what was out there. So I traveled a lot. I, at 17, after graduating high school, cruised around the world. Um, a lot of it was just allowing synchronicity and God to open doors, shut doors. Um, I had some help with my initial plane ticket to Scotland. But then after that, it was self-funded for, for the next 10 years. And sometimes I would, I don't know, sometimes I had to sleep on the streets of Piccadilly Circus in London because I didn't have enough cash to get back to, to a spot to stay. And sometimes I had to live in my car for a couple of weeks with two other buddies and, and three surfboards. Um, so, but through that whole process, I recognized that there was a guiding force. There was a way to move through the world where it wasn't really you doing it. Like, for example, on my last day, I almost ran out of money in a youth hostel in London. And on the very day that I was about to run out of money and I wouldn't have been able to afford that night's accommodation, a job came through that flew me to Scotland and allowed me to then move to Southampton, which was the next little breadcrumb trail. So although I always knew that there was this thing leading me, this guiding force, uh, and I, I suppose I did associate the word Jesus with it or God because I was raised Catholic and went through catechism and all of that. 
it wasn't like a real reality to me. All the stuff that I had learned, I just saw as abstract and uh, kind of irrelevant. I didn't really know what it has to do with my life. I mean, I, I would pray to God when I heard that there were sharks in the literal water because Cape Town, South Africa, the highest concentration of great white sharks in the world. But it was really only when I dove into the subconscious depths of my own mind that I discovered God, that I encountered God. And that happened, interestingly enough, through an experience that some would call so-called mental illness through bipolar, um, a combination of smoking weed, which triggered this epigenetic potential that I had in me to launch me into some very interesting states of consciousness. So inherited schizophrenia and bipolar from both sides of my family. And it kind of lay dormant for a while. I was living a relatively so-called successful life until I, I believed I was being led to smoke weed. And it sent me into Alice's rabbit hole where up was down and down was up. And I had a reconception of who I was, what the world was. It really seemed like the whole world was happening in my mind. It was like this big lucid dream that was very tied to my consciousness. And at the same time, I was the whole external world. I was every person I encountered, all one consciousness viewing itself from some different angles. So I was in seminary at the time. I I'd got my bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of South Africa, and I was up in LA in Pasadena at Fuller Theological Seminary, um, the science of God. And so this is where, for the first time, it became reality to me. When, when I stepped through that veil, I was like, oh, my word, all this stuff that I had learned about growing up is actually the nature of reality. And what that says about reality is completely paradigm shifting from the way that the Western world is. Like all the psychic big five are real, telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition, telekinesis, psychic healing, all of that is in the Bible. And I was able to access some of these abilities as well. Like my brother said that I was reading his mind verbatim, word for word. And that's what Jesus was able to do to people too. But I don't really hear much preached from the church. So, yeah, it really brought the spiritual world to life for me. I, I turned to the Bible as my wisdom map, as my literature. I did explore a whole bunch of other spiritualities, both just informally and in seminary, like Buddhism and Hinduism and the New Age and astrology and all of these kinds of things. Ultimately, always landing back on, actually, you know, I think the Bible's got the best map. This stuff is deep. I just didn't hear the depth completely preached from the pulpit. So now I live in San Diego and um, I work in the mental health field, which is so cool because I get to come alongside all these kind of burgeoning prophets, which is what I believe is going on. I think that there's some of us who, in fact, all of us are neurodiverse. We're all wired slightly differently. And there's some of us who are just a little bit more away from the mean or the bell-shaped curve. We're a little more outliers. And those people can connect to this spiritual dimension, this higher dimension in ways that really aligned with the biblical prophets, which are able to be the harbingers of new things that God is calling in. So now working in the mental health field, combining spirituality, and I work with the churches, I really am trying to map out how the terrain of consciousness works and how it can connect us to a version of reality that's more real than real because it's eternal. Heaven's dimension that lives right here in the moment. So yeah, I don't think it's any accident that our paths intersected through, through your legendary father-in-law. You see, I think that the church the church as in the body of Christ brings people together in perfect ways so that there's this real alignment of kind of thinking patterns and there's a synergy where we, we fill in the other's blind spots in these powerful ways. So I hope some of that 
emerges from our conversations and with the listeners. But yeah, man, that's me. So I, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. You also got an interesting story and fascinating perspectives. Josh, that's so cool, man. Every time I hear more about you and learn more about you, I'm always, I'm always uh, impressed and intrigued. I just think your story is so cool. And, and some of the things that you've told me <clears throat> over the time that we've had conversations about your experiences and other dimensions and abilities that you've, you've recognized in yourself, that stuff just blows me away. And I think that's a parallel that we share, that we, we know that those things exist in reality. We've heard credible stories, you know, from, from, from people um, who have experienced these things and we know they're real and we know they don't always, like you say, get preached from the pulpit. And we want to know more about what that is and how it relates to God. And I think that's one of the things that, that brings us together. But um, yeah, I've, you know, it started for me when I was, when I was a kid, I just knew something probably five or six years old, as early as I can remember, I knew something um, was greater in this world. I knew there was a greater power, a, a God, if you will. I always, I felt like when I looked at people, one of the, the, the stories I'll share with others sometimes is I like walking with my parents in big cities where there's a lot of people walking around and I would look at people and I would see them and, and understand that they were walking in an identity, that it wasn't really them, that they had this self-created identity and I could almost hear what they were saying to themselves about, I'm Bob and I have to walk to work and I have to get this meeting executed. And I didn't know anything about the way that the world worked really at that age, but there was something in me innate, innately that, uh, that understood that, that, that humans were kind of acting and that there was this greater power and people weren't seeing it. And I, I just felt something in, my, in, in myself that I wanted to know, like from, a, from that young age, I knew that the most important thing for me was to understand what was going on here. What is the truth, the meaning of life, if you will? But that has evolved and developed, obviously, over my years of being alive. But um, my parents raised me in an interesting way. They were they're kind of hippies. My dad had a little bit of a hippie past, um, probably was into some stuff himself, um, marijuana, maybe some other things. But... But he, he, he had this hippie, really sort of um, open-minded way of living and wanted to explore the world and met my mom under that same kind of pretense. My mom is German. My dad is American. And they raised me in the, like, a, a, the Hare Krishna temple or church, which is sort of a branch on Hinduism. And we were pretty involved. I, I went to the school that was attached to that 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 church and um, you know, we read the doctrine, which was the Bhagavad Gita. So I was really exposed to like Eastern traditions from an early age. And, and other than the kids that I went to school with, I, I didn't really find that in common with a lot of other kids um, around that I would meet at playgrounds or, you know, hang out with. It was like, I was felt like I had this really unique and different thing going on in my life that I couldn't really share with other people because I didn't really understand like, what is, wow, okay, he's Hare Krishna. And that was, that was in a, in the 80s when the Hare Krishnas were, you know, had the shaved heads and the, the ponytails in the back, they called them sikas and would wear the, 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 the garb, the outfits and uh, the orange and white um, flowing um, dress. And it was just, just a really unique way of growing up. But, you know, after that period, the next thing I can sort of remember in my spiritual path is being in college. And again, kind of that underlying knowing that I wanted to, or that God existed, that God created all this, 
that there was something way larger than humanity or just the Big Bang happening here. And, and there was so much intelligence to the way that this, this world was created and is working and flows and it's sort of symbiotic and all works together. And I, I just, I had that belief and I've always had that belief. But then, you know, sort of went away from it and had a traditional high school upbringing. My, my parents moved away from the, the Krishna church and, you know, we didn't do too much in any formal religion or tradition, but I always had that kind of background desire to, to know more about what was really going on here. And then it was when I was in college, gosh, it was, it was September 11th, 2001. Um, that infamous day in, in, in the, the world's history when the world, when the planes hit the World Trade Center, that it sort of woke me back up and said, you know what, let's start paying attention to something bigger again instead of just being a selfish college kid and doing what college kids do. Um, and it, it got me a little bit into Christianity. I started exploring, okay, let's get, let's, let's, let's start thinking about Christianity and whether this is a true, um, way of thinking, whether the Bible is real, but I didn't spend too much time there because I sort of got hijacked by the new age. And that happened through exploring like extraterrestrials, if you will, and sort of channeling. And I, I started reading like online forums with, with, supposed extraterrestrial channels and they would talk about what September 11th was and what was then going to happen and making predictions and and it really got me into this this new age belief system which I was invested in um, for years. I, I watched movies like The Secret and all sort of the offshoots of that and got into people like uh, Wayne Dyer and even you know Deepak Chopra and so many more of the authors that are in that field and I was really really involved in that really believed in that way of thinking really believed in this manifestation um, type of ideology where our thoughts create things and I don't disagree with that now I do think that there there's some truth to that but but anyways I was just really invested and really involved in, in this this ideology of New Ageism and. What I started to realize as I got a little bit older, I have, a, I have two kids now, I'm married. What I started to realize is it's a, it's a bit of a selfish belief system. Everything was sort of about me or whoever the person is that's involved in ageism. How do I express myself to the fullest? How do I attain and achieve? And I think that there is some validity to wanting to do those things, but it's sort of the, the top of the iceberg. It's sort of the top of the pyramid in New Ageism, and I just... I, I, I came to actually know personally some people in the, in the New Age community who were teachers who had big businesses around New Ageism about teaching and presenting and speakers. And whenever I got to know them personally, they were actually always very egotistical, selfish people. And I said, there's not a congruency there between what I believe is, is the way that God would have us maybe live, which is through humility and reverence towards greater things. Um, there, there was a lack of similarity there and congruence with what I was seeing in the new age. And I was also having trouble with different aspects of my life and not real, not, not understanding how all this thought that I was doing and all this meditating I was doing wasn't, you know, leading to the results I wanted to produce. Um, and at that point in time, I, I started speaking to, I started getting exposed to a spiritual teacher first. His name is Neil Kramer. Um, and how I found him is another story, but I connected with him and he, um, I, I started working with him and, and Neil Kramer to me is one of the, um, most developed spiritual individuals, um, that I've ever been exposed to. And I really respect him highly. And 
through working with him, he started planting the seeds of Christianity in my mind and said, you know what, you ought to consider Christianity as a belief system. And I wrote it off, and we had these great spiritual conversations, but he kept implanting that idea in my mind. And then I asked my father-in-law if I could borrow a Bible. And just to, just to check it out, New Testament Bible, New King James Version. So I took it home. I started reading a little bit. And I thought, this is interesting. I, I kind of see what's going on here. Maybe there are some spiritual depths here that I hadn't thought about before and sort of had written off. And I sat in a meditation shortly after reading the Bible, and I prayed, and I asked God, I said, you know, break me free from this level of belief. Help me understand something bigger. Help me understand where I'm holding myself back. And break me, what I actually said was break me free from this level of consciousness. And it was that same week, that was a Tuesday, and on Friday, uh, the whole COVID-19 situation exploded, especially in where I was living at the time, California. Everything was shut down. The business that I was running at the time completely shut down. It annihilated everything in my life related to business and finance and freedom and I went into a severe depression because I thought it was all it was all done. Luckily, my kids stayed healthy. That is the that was one of the largest blessings of this whole thing. But to not get too much further along on this, but and, and, and to kind of summarize, if I can, I came to God in that moment through that depression. I said, you know what, God, if if, if the the God of the Bible is the real God, help me understand you more. And that is the only thing that pulled me from that depression. My, my, my family, my wife and two kids spent the night at her mother's house to give me a little space and, and one day that I was having some severe difficulty. And I uh, turned on the resurrection, uh, what's the, the Mel Gibson movie, The Passion of the Christ. I watched that movie and though it's not biblical necessarily, it's not biblical exactly, you know, word for word kind of right out of the Bible, it inspired me. And it led me to read the Bible that night, and I stayed up late in bed with the with the New King James Version of the New Testament open, and I read probably the majority of Matthew. And from that moment, I said, I believe in you, Jesus. I, I am a, now a believer. And something in me shifted, a light turned on. And from that moment, I've gone deeper in my journey of loving Jesus Christ, of loving God, exploring God. But it's sort of this this two-sided. Now I, I, I've come to the Bible through seeing these other things. So I still have this lens of Buddhism, which I've explored, of Hinduism, which I was a part of that temple and church growing up. Um, I was always fascinated in the mystical stuff, the, the, um, the abilities that people have, even um, remote viewing in the military, just knowing these kind of things exist. Like, how does it all work together? And now I look through the lens of Christianity at those things and want to make sense of it all. And that's, I think, where you and I have had great conversations. It's sort of topics about bringing in esoteric things and Christianity and melding them together and trying to find the through line there and trying to find the truth. So that's where I sit today in my belief and my, my dedication to God and my own exploration. And um, I think I think that's that's sort of where we, we kick off and um, – yeah, thank you for the time for letting me explain uh, who I am in my spiritual journey. Dude, that is some deep stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, just how, like, there's a death and a rebirth, or, like, when you came to the edge of yourself, the edge of what New Age can provide, the edge of what even financially could be provided, that's where you discover right. God. That's where you reached out. And I love it how you say a light came on. That's literally what 
my pastor just preached on the Sunday in church was how the light comes on. It's like a new understanding. Yeah. It, and it just shines a fresh light on everything, inner reality, outer reality. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting to explore that. And I think there's so many facets that the light can illuminate. In fact, the light illuminates everything. Like you turn on a light Absolutely. in the room, suddenly you can see that the paint on the wall, you can see the different configuration of the furniture, you can see the little bugs and stuff. Um, so I think right, the, the right. topics that we can explore in light of this and in light of our, our mutual history um, and where they differ as well could really be illuminating to a bunch of different spheres. We kind of put together some thoughts of some of the things that we can explore in these conversations just to give you guys who are listening uh, heads up on what might come. And we'd love to explore the things that you're interested in hearing too. What if I just go through, say, half of this list, Mark, and read them out, and then you read the other half, you have access to that? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you want to provide context to any of them as well, um, because some of them are just, just brief sort of titles and brainstorms. Yeah, I think they're all relevant to the human walk. So just a couple of the things yeah. that we've spoken about throughout the years is alcohol and spirituality. Like we've really noticed right. some patterns, both like a craving within us and the repercussions from alcohol and what it does provide. Because there are like some benefits and then there's some, uh, definitely some catches as well. Um, other spiritual realms and dimensions. Like yeah. All these kinds of different realities that exist in simultaneous kind of counterposition and like all stacked upon the present moment. There's there's so much to be explored with the dimensions of the mind and, and reality in general. Mystical experiences. Right. This experience of reality that's larger than life. It's a direct experience with ultimate reality. Which I mean and that's so all, much in your wheelhouse. Yeah, man. I mean I I think I'm a mystic. I think those of us who are neurodiverse are mystics. Like the famous yeah. mythologist and comparative religion professor Joseph Campbell says the person in psychosis is drowning in the very same water in which the mystic swims with delight. And so these, right, I mean, even your depression, man, that's what led you to the edge of yourself the way you encountered God. And when we come to the yes. edge of ourselves, we encounter other with a capital O. And it's so beyond what we could have conceived of ourselves that it, it just reimbues the world with this fresh enchantment. So, yeah, we can talk about that. Music and God. Does music please God? I know that this is something that is both a passion of yours and it's your career. And we know that it was for David right. too. Like, what is it? Man? Like, how does it induce these different states of consciousness? And like, what a powerful modality if we could tap into some of the mechanisms there. Different books or I chapters of the Bible, uh, being a Christian man, business and spirituality. Because you see, none of this is isolated from our spirituality. Spirituality encompasses every aspect of our life, like Rob Bell says, everything is spiritual. What does God want right. from us? Works versus faith. What, we, why don't you pick it up at meditation and Christianity? Yeah. Um, just going back really quick to what does God want from us? Um, one of the authors that I, I read frequently is Michael Heiser, Dr. Michael Heiser. Um, he has a book on that, on that very topic, and that would be something to, to, to explore when we get into that conversation. But yeah, picking up where you left off on meditation and Christianity, the the Bible talks about meditation, but is it the same meditation that sort of the New Age preaches and that um, just is part of our, our, our sort of cultural conversation now, meditation? So what, how does it relate to, to Christianity and how can we, you know, use meditation within our, within our Christian belief system? Um, Jesus' commandments, to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love one another, um, I've heard some amazing 
and simple commandments to unpack. Simple, but not easy. Um, so that's one of my favorite topics to explore. Um, the culture of doing as a distraction from God. What does our culture do to us in terms of distracting us from, from more important things like God by just keeping us busy? Um, Paul said, always be in prayer. And I, I love I love what he says there, but what does that mean? So unpacking that is something I think it will be fun to do. What does it mean to be saved? Um, what does God ask of us in terms of that? Does it mean simply accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, or is there more to it? Um, another really great conversation topic that I think so many Christians explore and talk about, and some of them come at it from very simple angles, and some of them have a lot of a lot more to say on that, and I think we'll, we'll see where we go with that one. Uh, the Great Commission, are we, are we asked to talk and, and preach about God and, and carry the church forward? Uh, the Law of Attraction, does, does it, is it real? Um, our desires versus God's desires for us, this is one of my favorite topics. Uh, creativity, how to access creativity. Are we by nature um, highly creative beings, being that we're made in the image of God, image and likeness of God? And he is the ultimate creator. Uh, moral relativism and moral versus moral authority. This is very relevant to our times today. We are in a living in a moral moral relativism sort of culture now, where there is no actual moral truth by which many people live. And I think um, there is a moral truth. There is a real truth that's out there. And I think exploring kind of how society pulls us away from that into into sort of almost narcissism and thinking that whatever we uh, believe is our morals and, and how we want to live is, is just fine. Um, New Age and Christianity, are there any overlaps? Um, channeling is another um, interesting topic. Are there any good channels? You know, are, are all of them sort of, is there a darkness to them? What is channeling? And then one that's that's not on our list here that we just talked about is what does it mean to be sort of a esoteric Christian, if you will, what, 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 how would we define that? And I think we talked about maybe picking up there next time, um, letting next time be an exploration of esoteric Christianity, defining it a little bit more, not necessarily putting a box around it, put it but to, to kind of have a foundation of, of where we're going to move forward with, with, with our podcast and also just where our belief system lies between the Bible and some of the more esoteric things. So what does it mean to be an esoteric Christian? And um, anybody who's listening, there's a, there's a definition that Neil Kramer, neilkramer.com uh, has a, has a definition of esoteric Christianity. Is, is that exactly what, what we are? I'm not sure, but um, it's a good starting point. Um, if anybody wants to check that out, neilkramer.com and he's got a, a definition there, uh, drop down as what is esoteric Christianity. So, Josh, is there anything else that we want to think about exploring today before we kick it to next week and pick up there? Oh, I think today's been nice and rich. I think maybe just to round off, like, what are we hoping that the podcast will do and will accomplish in the world? Like, what are, it'll be interesting as we start off um, to to lay out some things, if we're talking about the law of attraction or manifestation, to put out some kind of threads out into the ether and put them into the hands of God and then to come back yeah. however long after a couple of years or whatever and say, oh, look how we kind of had inclinations that this was happening or, hey, look how we wanted this to happen, but wow, God God really changed the direction on that one. That was something different. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, right. I think next, next time is going to be great kicking off with 
esoteric Christianity, what is it? Like, what are these secret dimensions of Christian life? Jesus spoke in parables because it could meet people on whatever level they're ready to hear. And there's different levels of kind of openness in the world. And so we can kind of explore some of the levels of that. So next time it's going to be sweet. But yeah, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts about what you're hoping the podcast will accomplish. I'll just share that I really do believe that God is doing something new. I think if we look at the parallels between now and the 60s, when the last kind of Great Awakening happened, or the last Jesus revolution, there's a lot of cultural and existential parallels. And yet I think God's going to do things slightly differently. So after watching the Jesus Revolution movie, it, it was really prominent how, okay, there was a psychedelic renaissance back in the hippie times. And you said like your parents might have even been the product of that. And there's a psychedelic renaissance now. It's uh, it's being used in mental health treatment and all different kind of modalities to treat treatment-resistant depression, to help with end-of-life anxiety, to help with PTSD, to help in couples therapy. What is the psychedelic realm? And how come there is such an overlap with psychosis? They were originally called psychotomimetics. So back in the 60s, people were turning on, they were tuning in, and they were dropping out. And people now are also in the midst of a spiritual revival. There's like a whole bunch of people coming to a fresh understanding about the nature of reality. And what role is Jesus going to play in that like he did in the 60s? Also, then there was political unrest. There was this huge division in the country between Vietnam and conservatives and like all these different kind of tensions that divided the country. That's the same thing that we have in America and the world at the moment. Back then, there was all this, this free love and the exploration of gender and the LGBTQ plus movement. And that's what we've got now as well. And so it seems like all these kind of things are linked and all of that led to a huge spiritual revival. Um, but yet, when me and my wife drove up after watching the movie, we went to Pirate's Cove. We were all inspired. We we're like, oh, there's got to be a whole bunch of people there ready for the next revolution. And oh, it was dark, man. Like, I don't know. Obviously, it's not always dark. But this day, there was just grime on the beach, like alcohol cans everywhere. There was a semi-nudist film shoot on the rocks. A bunch of kids, like, cursing on the streets. Um, no one seemed happy down there. There was no life or joy. There were literally zero signs of Christianity, not one little cross etched in the rocks, none of that. Mm. And so, I mean, my wife and I kind of re-baptized ourselves or rededicated ourselves, but the water tasted like gasoline. (laughs) But it was just, I think, maybe God telling me, God works in new ways, fresh ways in every generation. And while we can certainly learn from the previous generations, He's going to work in something different this time because if he did the same thing as before, we start to rely on our human understandings of how he works. Oh, yeah, we've got this mapped out. Don't worry, God, we're going to run three steps ahead of you because we know where you're going. I think God wants to give us our daily bread and he wants us to follow him with every footstep. So I'm hoping that this podcast can play a tiny little morsel role in feeding the body of Christ and feeding what it is that's starting to burgeon amongst us because there's definitely something coming, man. And so if we, as the people of God, have these frameworks, these maps, these experiential, existential, intellectual maps of the terrain, well, we're going to be well positioned when this new wave dawns on us. We can position ourselves perfectly to surf it towards all new levels and to leave the sandbanks changed for the coming generations. So, yeah, I think that uh, 
it's going to be exciting. It's going to be different than we expect. But I do anticipate that through the global connection of the internet, God's going to do something mind-blowing, which is going to smash our paradigms like he always has. Wow. What are your, what are your thoughts? Always. Man? Yeah. I mean, there's some great stuff that, that you talked about in there, and really a lot of things that we could just pick up and spend a whole hour or more on. I think where you are in California is just an interesting topic in and of itself, and what I've seen with my own eyes change in California and the movements that we're seeing now and what is really the purpose uh, of these different uh, political, if you will, movements? What, what is the real basis in those? Are they to, to, to pull us away from God? Um, are people confused now? Have they been led to be confused? Is that by design? I think there is, to be honest with you, a, a an intention to steer people away from God. And I think that intention is unfortunately extremely dark. Um, and as a counter to that, I think in our modern times, in our current day, there is a spiritual revolution, a Jesus revolution, if you will. I've seen that myself with friends of mine, more friends than I would have ever guessed, coming to Christianity, coming to Jesus. Um, Neil Kramer, who I've mentioned in conversations that I've had with him, has said over these last few years in particular, more people have, have asked him about Christianity and have started coming to Jesus and asking him to, to explain Christianity and um, why it is truth to him and, and why we all, well, those of us here believe in, in the God of the Bible and believe in Jesus Christ. So I think something is definitely happening. I think most of us who are sensitive can see it and feel it in the world. Um, this is a, um, like it's, it's, it's almost things have accelerated over the last few years. And we can say that this, is similar to other times in history. I don't know. I wasn't alive in the 60s. I've, I've certainly read and, you know, heard about what was going on in those times. But I, I certainly think that we're in a very, very unique time because of some of the technology that we have here. And also because of, I think, of long, unfortunately, dark agendas that have, have, have sort of come to a head now, if you will. At least it seems they're coming to a head. Um, there's some, some, some really big things happening in the world and sort of a push and pull between dark and light. And I think with all that going on, there's a high level of importance to talk about God, to expose the world in any way we can to the truth of the Bible. But also, I think in particular for young people and people who have the seed of God in them, but just don't just don't understand where to find more about God or that maybe they've been turned away from the Bible and have, have seen sort of what we sometimes talk about as like typical Christian beliefs and been turned off from God and Jesus because of those things. And maybe if, if, if we can sort of bring in our own um, experiences and help people see that they may be going through parallel things and that there may be some real truth here um, to what the Bible has, then, then maybe we can help some people, um, you know, find direction in their lives. Because I think one of the things that turns many people away from the Bible is that the lack of, esotericism that the traditional pulpit doesn't um, doesn't speak about. And I think you and I share that, that commonality. I think by putting it out there, we're going to maybe, you know, catch some people who say, gosh, there's so many mystical things going on, but Christianity doesn't talk about it, so therefore Christianity can't be real. Well, maybe let's fuse those things together and say Christianity can be real and those mystical things can also be real, and let's talk about how they how they come together and how they're actually maybe from God. So if we can just help some others come come to, you know, understandings in their own life that help them, um, that would be my, my biggest goal here. And I think 
you know, I've seen that that's possible from the conversations that you and I have had. There's been many moments that we've just sat there and gone, wow, it would have been cool if we would have, if more people would have heard what we just, what we just sort of were able to unpack um, in the time that we, we spent talking. So I'm really excited, Josh, this is sort of a continuation for me on conversations that we've had, but just in a little, little different, with a little different structure around it. But, um, I, you know, I'm excited and I'm, I'm ready to, to, you know, start looking forward to next week and chat with you a little bit between now and then and, you know, send some messages back and forth and, and get ready to unpack um, the next topic in our, in our podcast journey here. And has to do this thing. The adventure has begun. Yeah, and just the like adventure. that, it starts. There's no better place to start than where you are. And so this is where we are. This is where the adventure starts. And yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something that's trying to even inform our conversation beyond beyond the bounds of our conversation. I watched the uh, making of Frozen Two, and I saw how they they pieced together this this movie, which was pretty mind blowing. Um, but someone had a vision about what the movie could be like. And then they opened that vision up to like a whole bunch of Hollywood directors and like the producers of Big Hero 6 and all these other movies and got feedback. And through their collective vision, that that kind of movie emerged of Frozen 2, which was larger than the sum of its parts. And I think that wow. putting our conversations out into the world, now that we're certainly not trying to say we figured all this out, like that esoteric as these kind of hidden dimensions, as these these mystical layers to reality are infinite by their nature. And so I think yeah. by expanding like our, our audience and engaging with the world, we're also informing ourselves and expanding our conversations into ways that can be mutually enriching. We're with a body of Christ yeah. for a reason because everyone's got different kind of functions. So thanks, Mark. Thanks for being willing to, to go on this adventure with me, man. I think it's going to be sweet. And I, I think next time unpacking esotericism and the, the secret dimensions of Christian life, is, it could be game-changing for some people. I wish I had heard it when I was geez, under 14, man. That would have given me a lot more meaning and purpose and direction in my life. But yeah, the hindsight is 2020. And the, the foresight is kind of murky we see as in a, a glass darkly. But I think that we are seeing some some light that's dawning in that glass, and it's epic to see. Well, we know we we know that the light wins, and it all leads yeah. to the light. Um, and I think I think you just brought up one thing I want to touch on really quick in, in in what you just said there is that we don't have it all figured out, and I don't ever want to um, proclaim that I do in any way, shape, or form. And I think that was the whole basis of our conversations is exploring. Um, our understanding and trying to learn more. And I think that's, again, something that you and I share is our desire to learn more, our desire to understand more. That's never going to end for me because it can't. It, it, it just absolutely can't in this lifetime. So it's really an exploration. I think you and I have some unique perspectives to bring. We have a lot of really deep experiences both in life and spirituality or, or rather life, spirituality, and, and even business. I've gone through some things with my business that, that I, I think have shaped me as a, as a spiritual believer, as a, as a, a, a disciple of Jesus and, and so many other things. But I think there is some practical knowledge that can be helpful, but this is really still an exploration and a, and a, and, um, you know, something that we do to, to try to understand and learn more. And that's really, I hope that, that people can come in on that and learn with us and, and even add to the conversation and, and help us learn. Cause I, like you said, the more people that 
are involved in something, the more that we can, the more that we can grow, and the more that we can, um, you know, be the piece of the body of Christ that we are intended to be. So, with that, Josh, thank you, thank you for your time today, as always, and I'm excited for the next time. And with that, I think um, I think we'll talk to everyone the next time uh, we get together here. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. So cool to be on this adventure. Talk to me, I'm gonna try my utmost to be with me. Come on and talk to me, I'm gonna try my utmost to be honest. To be honest, everything is fine. Come on and talk to me, I'm gonna try my utmost to be with me. Come on.